You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 29. The Cubs outstanding in Oakland. And in this segment... Crowley's talking to Blake Harris of Inside the Ravine podcast for Odyssey Sports. We talked to Blake a couple weeks back, a couple shows back as the Cubs went out to L.A. Now the enemy, the Dodgers, are coming into Chicago later on this weekend. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I have Blake Harris from Inside the Ravine podcast who has just come back through from the Ravine where the Dodgers dropped one to the Mets 5-3. Yeah, I think that was the score. I left in the eighth inning because I went with my dad and uncle. Last night, I was in the press box for Kershaw's great game. Today, I was in the stands. And uh, when you got to beat out the uh, traffic, you got to leave an hour in advance because it takes about an hour to get out. So we left in the eighth, but things were looking great then. And based on uh, the text I was getting from some family members, the results weren't great either. So if you say 5-3 was the result, I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it. Well, Blake, you know, you and I were talking a little bit last time we talked, you know, I think you were, you were pretty excited about things and and you guys have kind of had a rough go of it. I was shocked because I, I, you know, I, it was weird. I had a feeling that the Cubs were going to win two or three. I called it on our show and it didn't exactly play out like I wanted it to, but do you know, that was the first time that the Cubs took a regular season series from the Dodgers since 2014. Wow. Is that at Dodger stadium or is that just Dodger stadium? That's, I find, really hard to believe just because in baseball, it's such a fluky <laughs> sport where you could literally be the worst team in baseball, but you can still take any series. So the fact that it's been nine years, that I would have put money that it wasn't 2014. I would have said like 2019 at the absolute latest. You know, I don't know what it is, but the Cubs West Coast trips are always a disaster. And we always look at them in our schedule and we just go, oh, God. And it's always in the beginning of the year. And it always is just like a bad start. It's always like a one and five or a two and four. You're coming back and it's just no good, man. So so to go out to to L.A. and take two or three, you know, as a fan, you know, you kind of just say that's what I think is going to happen. But like you're like, man, these are the Dodgers. And, and somehow the Cubs were able to do it. The crazy thing is that should have been a sweep. Uh, the Cubs should have done like that. They outplayed the Dodgers for three games, and then, you know, in the ninth inning on Saturday, they just get a couple hits, and it all comes down to David Peralta with went out to spare, and he gets one of his, like, six hits he's currently had with the Dodgers. So, yeah, I mean, the Cubs, for the most part, they were fantastic. I mean, the pitching was lights out, you know, essentially all three days. Anytime that you're having to voice your frustrations about Drew Smiley shutting you down, uh, that is not a great thing if you're a Dodgers fan. If you're a Cubs fan, that's fantastic. But, yeah, that, that was quite the series from the Cubs. And it looks like uh, all it took was Cody Bellinger going back to Dodger Stadium to uh, regain his MVP ways from what now, he's done the past week. Were you able to go in any of the Cubs-Dodgers games? 
I let's see. I can't even remember. I was there. I think Sunday, just Sunday. I missed Friday. I missed Saturday for like the two main games. I was there on Sunday though. Because, you know, I, I was laughing when, when uh, Bellinger robs Hayward of a home run and yeah. it seemed like the crowd was giving it, but it seemed like good natured. Yeah. Everyone was kind of, I guess the fans that didn't really, like, it was good, like, like you said, good natured. I think it was more of a sarcastic kind of boo. Everyone was kind of egging him on. My personal favorite was when he would just start catching routine fly balls and everyone started booing him. But yeah, it was just a bunch of Dodgers fans that were just wanting to give him a hard time. I'm sure there was maybe like 5% in there. There were actual fans that were just truly upset of Bellinger doing what he was doing. But yeah, I, there were a lot of Dodger fans that weren't too upset over the home run robbery of Jason Hayward. Now, if it was maybe like a Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman, maybe a little more. But yeah, I, I don't think we were too upset over that play. Now, you guys got to see our big lefty, Justin Steele. And yeah. and and he really, really is just... I. I the quality, he'll always give you a quality start. The guy is, is, is tough, but Noah Syndergaard pitched well that game. Yeah. With steel, I, in a lot of my fantasy baseball drafts this year, I picked him up everywhere I could because I knew he would be an under the radar kind of pitcher. And going into that start, I was kind of like on the fence because I had him in all my starting lineups. And I'm like, man, I want him to do really well, but I also, you know, want the Dodgers to do something. And Steele, he was fantastic. I mean, he's as good as advertised. The Dodgers, they were talking him up on the broadcast about how good he is. Oral, Oral Hershiser especially was gushing about the potential with him because they were talking about, you know, the second half of his year last year and just how dominant he was. But yeah, Noah Syndergaard, which is like, he had kind of like a bad start against the Cubs, but yet he kind of like dominated the Cubs. I think he had like a season high nine strikeouts. It's like the most he's had in a game in four years. So yeah, the Cubs were hitting him well, but I guess they weren't. So that that was an interesting pitching matchup that really was a solid, you know, game on both ends for that Friday night, especially, you know, the first eight innings until things just went off the rail in the eighth inning when, uh, batting practice was taking place for the Cubs. Well, I was going to ask you, I, I mean, I don't know much about Andre Jackson. Is, is, is it when he comes in, is there a collective grown or is he usually pretty solid? So that's the weird thing with Andre Jackson. Like prior to that start, like if you look at his career numbers, granted, I think he only had maybe 15 or 20 career appearances. His ERA in his career was like right around two, two and a half. But his role with the Dodgers has been essentially mop up duty. If the Dodgers have a seven run lead, he comes in for the final three innings. If they're down by seven, he comes in for the final three innings. So seeing him come into the game in a one run game in the eighth inning, considering the Dodgers just had an off day, uh, had a lot of Dodgers fans perplexed as to why Dave Roberts made the decision. But at that point, everyone pretty much just agreed the bullpen has been so horrendous. Maybe he's just trying to out to see what he's got. But yeah, Andre Jackson isn't a guy that's pitched in many high leverage situations, if any, at this point in his career. So Dodgers fans were kind of shocked to see him come out. And I think they were even more shocked to see him struggle the way he did. Because like I mentioned, a small sample size in his career, but he'd been really good up until that point. I got to ask you, Blake, how was it? I can tell you over here what the reaction was like, but Cody Bellinger gets appreciation, some love from the fans, and Jim Wolf gives him a strike. Was that kind of the talk over there too or no? Yeah, everyone was like, what What exactly are we doing? Like, I don't think any Dodger fan was happy that he started behind in the count 0-1. Like, we've seen it so far this year. I think Andrew McCutcheon, he was given a lot of time, and I think since this incident happened, they've come out and they've, like, said, we've told umpires, like, given cer certain situations – certain circumstances do not call a violation let a guy get his ovation and like especially it'd be one thing if it was like a rookie umpire 
But Jim Wolf is like a pretty <laughs> lengthy veteran. Like he's been around. Like he should have read the room. It was uh, sad. Like every Dodger fan was upset over it. So uh, yeah, Jim Wolf, what are we doing here? Like, come on, let Cody Bellinger have his moment. Now I'm going to be going to the game tomorrow night, and it's Jamison Tyone against Michael Grove, and. Both you and I talked about that if there was one yeah. for sure that you could mark the Cubs down for winning, it was going to be that one. And instead, we ended up having a pitcher's duel. What? What? <laughs> I mean, man, you know, I don't know what was going on with the Cubs, but they just could not touch Grove. Yeah, I was going to say the one game I guaranteed they would win, which they did still win, but it wasn't because they were, you know, lighting up Michael Grove. I, you know, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I think it was something like five and two thirds innings or something like that. I think he only allowed maybe one run, which I think was like a home run. But like you said, the Cubs, they couldn't touch him. Now, the weird thing is before that start, Dave Roberts came out and said, yeah, Michael Grove is finally healthy. And everyone was kind of like, well, what do you mean he's finally healthy? He's made two starts. And he's like, yeah, he's been kind of dealing with strep throat the last couple of weeks. And everyone was like, okay, yeah, like that's the reason that he's been so bad. But Maybe that's the reason. Maybe Michael Grove just was bad because he had strep throat, and now that he's healthy, he just shoves. But, yeah, that was another pitching duel. Um, two great pitchers that looked solid that day, and, yeah, I was blown away to see Michael Grove look as good as he did against the Cubs hitters on Sunday. Uh, that was Saturday. Five Saturday. 5.2 innings. He gave up two hits, and one of them was a solo home run by Patrick Wisdom, who – has just gone off this last week. He's oh, that's gone. right. I that That's my bad. I got the games mixed up. I was thinking he was Sunday. Julio was Sunday. So that yeah. means, yeah, the Dodgers won his start. Yeah. For some reason, I was convinced that Grove was Sunday when I was there. Because I remember, it, I even think, I was like, man, I got to see this Michael Grove performance in person. How awesome. That just goes to show what, what the days are like over here and what the games are like in Dodgers land. You can't even remember a Julio Urias start. And I can tell you, too, the one thing that shocked me about this series is that I felt that the Cubs did an excellent job with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, yeah. and even to a degree Max Muncy, but we struggled with guys like Altman and Vargas. Yeah, I mean, I think, I remember, I think on Sunday, I, I did a tweet where, like, Mookie Betts was in the middle of, like, a 2-for-18 stretch. I think he had maybe, like, one hit in the series up until that point. Now, on Sunday, he just got extremely lucky. You know, he had, like, three hits that were all balls that should have been outs and Freddie Freeman as well like you said the Cubs really kept him in check he didn't really do much damage and it was the guys like you said Outman Vargas obviously they contributed to that win on Saturday night those were the guys that for some reason the Cubs couldn't hold but I mean I I guess if you can get Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman out you'll live with you know some rookies getting results but yeah the, the like I said at the beginning the Cubs pitching in that three-game stretch the starters and the bullpen Everyone, aside from that one ninth inning on Saturday in which they allowed the Dodgers to win the game, they were pretty much untouchable in regards to the Dodgers hitters. Right. That's been the thing is the, the starting pitching for the Cub has been has been outstanding. One, you know, the one guy that's really struggled is uh, Hayden Wisniewski, and he kind of came up from the minors last year. He did good against Oakland, but that's not really... I don't know if you toot your horn too much about that, but he he, <laughs> yeah. he was actually really good in September last year, and he's kind of struggled a little bit out of the. And he was really good in spring training too. So good, good in uh, August, September, good in spring training. Some of the nastiest stuff you see in just a wicked slider, and then all of a sudden to start the season, he just, just kind of flopped out of the gate. So we're hoping that the start in Oakland kind of gives him a little confidence. His slider looked a little bit better there. So you know, nothing like playing Oakland to get your confidence up, right? Yeah, uh, I think they have three wins at the moment. So <laughs> at this rate, maybe by the time the Dodgers play them, they'll still be at three wins. So yeah, I, a nice little tune-up series. You know, get guys back on their feet, send them to Oakland for three games. 
Right. And, and and that last game of the series is going to be game two on Friday. It's going to be a rematch of Drew Smiley and Julio Urias. Drew Smiley is one of those guys that's just really a sneaky grinder, veteran grinder that just can kind of, he can really, like I said, if he stays healthy, he had some injury issues with us last year, but this year, you know, he's, you know, we had a really strong second half and hoping that, you know, with Smiley, we, we re-signed him to a one-year deal. Um, but, you know, it feels to me like, like Julio Urias really got rattled on that error and, and, and that inning in the fifth really kind of threw him off. Yeah, he, he was cruising up until that point. And like you said, the error, I think that's what led to the first run of the game or something like that. And then the inning later, I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, everyone knows how cautious they are with Julio. The fact that, you know, he threw 100 pitches, the second most he's ever thrown in his career. And we saw what happened when he gets above 90 pitches. The Cubs were just teeing off against him. But like you said, it all kind of started with that error. The Dodgers probably get out of the inning and he probably gets out of the inning without allowing a run. And like you said, it kind of just rattled from there. But through the first five innings, I mean, it was looking like it was going to be another one of those Julio starts where he goes six innings, probably doesn't allow a run, maybe allows one at the most. And then, yeah, that that Cody, because now that we're talking Sunday, now that I have my games all, you know, back in place, that Cody Bellinger home run that he hits, <laughs> I mean, that, that I, I was at game, so many games in the press box in 2019 during his MVP run. And that home run, the sound off the bat and just seeing how far it went, that brought me back to seeing all those homers that Cody hit kind of in the same spot back in 2019. I'm like, man, the fact that he won, hit one off of a lefty and two, hit it off of Julio. I mean, I was like, man, that Cody must be seeing something well or Julio must be really off because that is a matchup I think you could have put a lot of money on not happening uh, that result in that series. Well, what's going to be interesting is in game three, which is going to be on Saturday, that's going to be these two guys did not face each other so far um, when it comes to the last series that the Cubs and the Dodgers faced. That's Hayden Wisniewski. I talked to him a little a little bit. Like I said, he came up last year and we got him for a trade with uh, Scott Efros, uh, reliever. And so that was a trade, I think, with the Yankees on that one. And Hayden really just kind of was just was electric. I was at his first start. He kind of piggybacked Wade Miley and and absolutely just dominated and just had a really good, like I said, August and September. Um, but, but out of the gate struggling. So um, we're all kind of curious to see, you know, what can he do against a Dodger lineup, but it seems like you guys are even more banged up now. We don't have to deal with Miguel Rojas, right? Yeah. You guys are probably going to be facing the Dodgers fifth string shortstop at this rate. I mean, Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor, uh, Chris Taylor actually was, Everyone expected to go on the IL, and he ended up being okay, and Miguel Rojas ends up getting hurt last night. They called up Luke Williams, who was the fourth stringer, and today they called up Yoni Hernandez, who was officially the fifth stringer. You might have backup catcher Austin Wins in there because it sounds like Will Smith still isn't going to uh, be out of his concussion IL stint. Dave Roberts said for sure he won't be activated Thursday, and he said pretty much the idea is he's actually not going to play at all in the Cubs series. He might be able to return on Sunday, but they're being extra cautious with him with his concussion. So you're going to be seeing guys like Luke Williams, Austin wins, Yoni Hernandez, uh, being at the game today and seeing that lineup in person. If the Cubs can score more than four runs, maybe even three. I mean, hell they did that against the Dodgers. It only took two runs to win those games, but yeah, the Dodgers offense is really hurt right now. And, there are some guys that you might have to double check and say, is this a major leaguer? I've never heard of him.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Huh, it looks like they've they've changed the probables now on us because on Saturday, I, earlier I was looking at a different matchup. Now I'm seeing it looks like Kershaw on Saturday against Wesniski on, on Saturday. So that looks a little different than what I had earlier. Interesting. Well, you're getting Kershaw at the wrong time because he's rolling. <laughs> but every other pitcher... You're getting them at the right time. So that's that's the thing that you're looking at right now is was it 200th win for Kershaw and that that looked like vintage Kershaw to me, man. Yeah, seeing that in person last night, doing having him do it against the Mets. I mean, had it not been for I think he had like a 13 pitch at bat in that seventh inning. Had it not been for that, he would have gone out there for an, an eighth inning. And yeah, it was one of those Kershaw performances where you go, yeah, this guy still is somehow the most underrated starting pitcher in all of Major League Baseball, which seems hard to believe considering he's been the best left-handed pitcher the last 16 years. Yeah, the Dodgers have not faced Hayden Wisniewski, so nobody's seen him, nobody's had at-bats. And then against Kershaw, obviously, you know, uh, when you look at sample sizes, uh, Eric Hosmer, 38 at-bats, bats 316 against him. And then you also have Dansby Swanson, 11 at-bats, 273. So... It'll be interesting. And uh, what'd you guys think of Nico Horner leading off? Told you he's a pesky little guy. Yeah, I th- I think when we talked last, I think I talked about him being a guy that I was really high on that I was excited to see. And yeah, the fact that I think he currently leads Major League Baseball in stolen bases. Like every time the dude got a base, it's like every single person in the stadium and watching on TV knew that he was going to be stealing a base, except for whoever was playing catcher for the Dodgers because. I was like, maybe do a pitch out or maybe do something to try to get an advantage. And just like, no, just gets on, steals the base. I think there was one time he stole second and then stole third and it like wasn't even close. But yeah, if he keeps this up and stays healthy, he is going to steal at least 60 bases this season, maybe 70 at this rate because the dude is an absolute menace on the bases. And he's the kind of player that I really wish the Dodgers had. I, I really wish they had a guy like him because they could use him. Yeah, and then and so when we take a look at the finale, Derek May versus Stroman, Cubs haven't seen Derek May that much except for Eric Cosmer. Obviously, all those years in uh, San Diego, he's seen him ten times and hits four hundred. But other than that, nobody has more than two at bats. So it's really going to and and on the other side, you guys are catching Marcus Stroman. So I was really hoping for that Stroman versus Kershaw start, but yeah, it is what it is. So you know. When I'm looking here at, at Stroman, it seems like he pitches really well against your lineup here. He uh, ten at bats. Freddie Freeman's only batting a hundred. You know when uh, you know just kind of looking through here. Where is Jason Hayward? One sixty-seven. JD Martinez one forty-three. So Stroman, we we signed him last year. The Cubs signed him uh, to a three-year deal. There's an opt-out at the end of this year. But he really, for some reason, sometimes free agents struggle when they come to Chicago that very first year, especially the first half. And he kind of got off to a weird start. He didn't like the lockout. It, it bothered him. And, and he was kind of off and he was injured and he had a uh, COVID protocol. But then all of a sudden he, he got healthy. And he, again, like everybody else, had a really strong second half for the Cubs. Yeah. And so he's out here really just every start. The only he's, God, he 
trying to think. I think he lost one game that really he had. He's probably been one of the guys that has had the least amount of run support for the Cubs. Everybody else has gotten a fair amount of run support. He didn't even get the win against Oakland because it was tied going into like the the sixth or seventh inning, and Cubs scored four runs in the eighth or something. So you're gonna have to look out for Strowman because that guy is really on fire right now. And I think at the, at the moment, doesn't he lead like the majors or at least the National League in ERA? Yeah, point seven five or something. Yeah, he's been unreal so far, and I was I was glad the Dodgers avoided him the first turn, but in a four game series, I was like, yeah, they're probably gonna have to get him at some point. But he's been great. But you and I were talking though. This is this this is I'm kind of irritated. I don't know who makes these schedules, but especially yeah. with this thirty te- all thirty teams playing each other, and you're you're thinking about the Dodgers, and it's like. I don't like the idea of us playing you guys after one week. You know what I mean? I yeah. kind of like, especially when you're talking about like a team that you're only going to see twice. I think it's cooler to do it once at the beginning and once at the end, if at all possible. Right. I've, but, I've always, I've always hated that whenever there's something in the schedule where you play one team and then you play them, you know, a week later, even if it's like a team in your own division, I mean, hell to start the season. I think the Dodgers played the D backs like, 10 times and they're only going to play them once more like the rest of the season. So yeah, especially with a team like the Cubs, you want to play them like in April and then play them again in August or September. You don't want to, you know, get your two matchups with the Cubs done, you know, within the first few weeks of the season. And even like with this series with, with the New York Mets with it, with a team like the Mets, when there's such a good opponent, it's not as exciting when you're playing them two weeks into the season and both teams are, eight and eight you know I think last season when the Mets came to town it was like deep into the season you know both teams were the best teams in the National League and there was a lot of hype surrounding that series whereas this year was like hey the Mets are coming to town so I don't when it comes to the schedule I get that they just probably put it into a computer and it just generates everything but with certain matchups you kind of hope for different timing and again with the Cubs like I said we played them last week save it for a couple months down the line because now all of a sudden you get them both, you know, in the first month, and that's it. No, no uh, Dodgers Cubs the rest of the way. And, and and when you think about it, a lot of times teams can change, you know, from the first half to the second half, right? Yeah. And so, like, let's take a look. The Cubs are playing the Dodgers twice in basically about a week, and so we're catching you guys at the right time when everybody's banged up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so. You know, I was, I, trust me, to, to take two or three from the Dodgers on the West Coast, I was super excited. And now let's see what happens here in Chicago. For, I, I hate four-game series. I don't know where you stand on them. I think they're the worst. Yeah, I, I, I like a good old three-game series. I will say, though, I do prefer a four over a two. I Two-game series, those should be outlawed. I think they should get rid of them. Four games, because four-game series are just so tough. I mean, you're in one location for, I guess... If, if it's at home, I don't necessarily mind it all that much. I just say when you're on the road and you do four, then you got to go somewhere for three more, then maybe you go somewhere else to add on. Just Friday, Saturday, Sunday it, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday it, do something. But again, I, the schedule, they just put it into a computer and say, this is what works. <laughs> well, not, and you know, the one thing that everybody was kind of pretty sure about was that the NL West was going to be the toughest division. Kind of seems right now that yeah. the, that it's, I, I was looking at this and I was, when I was looking at this, you know, when I was looking at it and I'm like, wait a second here, like the Dodgers, San Diego and San Francisco are all under 500, which I, I thought I found very surprising. Yeah. The NL West, which again, I, I thought was going to be 
an insane division. Like, I mean, it still very well could be that. Like, I but I came in coming into the season, I was thinking Dodgers Padres are going to be battling for 95 to 100 wins. The D backs are going to be a pesky team that are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. The Giants, I think they're going to be a team that can hang around 500 and fight for a wild card spot. And as of right now, I think the D backs are the only team that are even above 500, and they might be only two or three games above 500. So the NL West has been bad so far to start the season. What do you attribute that to? Just injuries or just kind of a slow start? I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't I don't even know because I know the Padres, like I, I talk about the Dodgers offense being bad. From afar, apparently the Padres have been even worse than the Dodgers. So I, I don't know because at least for the Dodgers, like they've all these games they're losing. They're losing by one run, they're losing by two runs, so they're hanging in there. Maybe injuries. I think it's just been a bunch of guys just not really doing all that well. I mean Freddie Freeman's been really the only player, and I guess Max Muncy, as of the last week, have been the only players that have been really hitting for the Dodgers. Everyone else, the I, I would advise against this, but if I were you, I would stay clear of seeing who the Dodgers' 5-9 through nine hitters were today, because 5-9 through nine, all were hitting under 200, so... That just goes those, to those, were, those were the guys that gave us trouble last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go That's figure, what I'm worried right? about. Right, and, and, so... And I, I can just tell knows? you, in the NL Central... Milwaukee's at 14 and five. So think about this. We're yeah. on a four game winning streak and we gained zero ground. So I'm blown uh, away by that too with Milwaukee. Like I, again, it's been a few weeks, but I, I did not anticipate this at all from them. Well, not only that, they lost one of their best pitchers in Brandon Woodruff. And, and, and seriously, do me a favor. I, I mean, you know, I know you play fantasy baseball and all that stuff, but take a look at that lineup. You know, you want to talk about guys that, that are underwhelming as far as what they hit. It's like, where do these guys get offense from and how I'm like, right. okay, it just makes no sense. Somehow, somehow they, they're, they're, they're still up there. And then we're watching the Cardinals at eight and 11. And you know, that's kind of shocking too, to see them get off to such a bad start. Cause they never do that. Yeah. Honestly, the Cardinals like entering this season, the Cardinals were the team I was kind of worried about the most for the Dodgers, because I think one through nine, when that lineup is healthy, they probably have the best one through nine in all of baseball. I know their pitching kind of has some issues, but I was like, yeah, this Cardinals offense is going to be unstoppable. And like you said, eight and 11 to start the year, like every team that was expected to be good in baseball this year has been bad. The one thing I warned people about though, is, is Wilson Contreras having to step in for Yadier Molina yeah. and, and just knowing Wilson. Now I've heard his defense has improved. His pitch framing has improved, but that was always kind of more of an issue, more of an offensive catcher than yeah. a guy that could handle a staff really well. And so I just know how much stock that St. Louis put into that. And I'm like, this, you know, Wilson is not Yachty behind the plate. And no, you know, and I'm not a big, like, I don't think Yachty's a first ballot hall of famer walk on water. Like the Cardinals fans do. I know he was good. <laughs> I know he was good, good framer, good, good, good right. at calling games, good at handling a staff. And that staff is a little bit old and injured. And, and, yeah. and I don't know if Wilson's the type of guy that can kind of get them through that. So very curious to see how the rest of the season plays out. But like you said, bum that Cubs Dodgers ends in April and nothing to look forward to, you know? Right. Like, Come on, MLB schedule people. Like, no one likes this. No, no one likes this. Schedule <laughs> like balancing. Bring balance. Even well, even May. Put put it in May. Like, give us like a month off where we can you know at least give some room. But like literally within one week. Like I told my dad today. He's like, yeah. So who did the Dodgers got this week? And I was like, the Cubs. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean the Cubs? Didn't they just play the Cubs? And I'm like, yes, they did. 
Yeah, well, I, I, you know, we'll get it done and we'll see what happens. And, and I know you're hoping for the Dodgers to surprise, you know, the Cubs and get back at them. Yeah. I always think on these four games, I always think splits are pretty much how they usually go. Yeah, I mean, it, a split, like you'll, t- which is like the weird thing. It's like, man, you win two games in a series, but like you split and it's like, do you really want to be split in series? Because the whole purpose is to win series. But it's like, I, I guess splitting a series is good, but it's it's tough because... I don't know. I just you don't feel great. I mean, I guess it, given the circumstance and like where each team is at, but it's like you split a series and you're like, well, that's not what really what wanted. So it's like you got to kind of win three out of four for it to be a good series. But we'll see. I, I'm excited. I, I'm hoping this one at least we get some sort of offense outside of that eighth and ninth inning on Friday night. Give give us something. Give us some sort of offense and not don't have every game be a pitching duel. <laughs> All right, Blake. You take care. Have a good one. I appreciate you, my man.